The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. La 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 Inner Wealth Podcast La 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 Inner Wealth Podcast La 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 Inner Wealth Podcast You know what day it is Inner Wealth Podcast Meditate and give So manifest the greater this And things all good Cause I say it is Investing in inner wealth Real generational wealth Is mental health it's an inside game, no toxicity. Let's talk and more listening. Ladies and gentlemen, and now introducing David McCullough, founder of Inception, the first mental health gym. Inner Wealth Podcast. Inner Wealth Podcast. Inner Wealth Podcast. All right, everyone, welcome back to the Inner Wealth Podcast. You know, my name is David McCuller. Um, I was recently at a event, Pistons draft party. And typically, I don't, I don't even go to things like that. But I decided to, to go out and get out. You know, normally I'm very introverted, kind of do my thing. Salsa, home, go to Inception. That's about it. But this day, I just decided to journey out and go to this event and um, was standing there talking to my guy, Courtney Bell, and all of a sudden this person comes over. And you, you know, in life when somebody walks by you, you can, you can feel their energy. And you're like, who is that person? Well, I was, I was standing there feeling this person's energy, and I was like, she's right there, obviously, but I, I have to talk to this person. And it just happened where we connected right away as soon as soon we, st- we started talking to each other. And from there... I was like, I got to know more about this person. <laughs> <laughs> so I went home and I looked her up and uh, I was like, why haven't I ever heard of this person? <laughs> and she's from Flint, Michigan, right here. So what up, though, Mama Soul? What's happening? All is well. Yo, you're a very accomplished person. Depending on who's judging the accomplishments. <laughs> you yeah. know, but to, yeah. I feel accomplished. I'm satisfied with what I've done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When did you When did you get into actually doing um, poetry or hip hop? Mm. I've been writing pretty much my entire life since a kid. Mm-hmm. You know, I probably took it a little more serious mm. um, in college. You know, I would get into some poetry competitions and little mm-hmm. stuff like that. But then I really, really shied away from the whole. Comp- competing with my art because I never felt like it was t- to be 
you know, like compared to someone else's. It felt mm-hmm. tailored to my experience. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I kind of did it more so for fun back then. And then it just got a little bit more serious, a little bit more serious. You know? how, how has it, your poetry evolved, though, since you were since you started writing? Um, initially, you know, I think most artists write to be successful initially. Mm. And they seek what they think is going to work for the majority. Right. Instead of seeking what works for them Mm. and their spirit and what will attract what they need Mm. um, through their art. And so that's how my music has evolved. I initially was like, okay, I'll do the party songs or, Mm. you know, I'll do what's appealing to the masses. Right. And I was in several rap groups. So, you know, the group sometimes helps kind of control the narrative of Mm -hmm. what this group stands for. Um, So initially I was with the known associates and then um, Chameleon, Golden Dynasty, Renaissance. So, you know, those all sound like soulful groups. They were. Actually, I started with the Melanite children. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We were studying the Holy Land of Kadesh together. And um, we, we started a group called the Melanite Children based off a scroll that we were studying. How did you, uh, well, what I would say, what attracted you to that type of information? Actually, oh, man, I had, you know, my father was in prison at the time, and he had given me a Quran. Mm. I would visit my father in prison sometime, and we would, like, pray the Islamic way. And mm-hmm. my mom was a devout Catholic. Mm-hmm. Um I, I saw the church. I went to the mosque. I would go with different friends. I had friends that were Buddhist. So it was like everything was cool, but nothing really clicked with me, mm. like to where I wanted to just really like give all of myself to that religion. Right. Mm-hmm. And so um, a friend of mine, we happened to just be working on some music and was like, yo, check this out and put a tape on for me. And it was like about the formation of the galaxies. And it, it was just very interesting to me. And I was like, yo, what is this? Right. So they gave me a scroll called uh, What is Nuwapu? Um, right Knowledge, Right Wisdom, and Proper Overstanding. And when I read it, it just intrigued me. It, it wasn't about religion. It was more about just a way of life. Right. And I really wanted something that resonated with my spirit. And it just resonated with my spirit. And I started reading scroll after scroll after scroll. I still have hundreds of scrolls, you know what I'm saying? So hmm. that it just made sense to me at the time. It made more sense to me um, to not seek what's best for my, my spirit self outside of myself. Right. Yeah. And so yeah. That, that's why it made more sense. Well, I, you know, I resonate with that because that's, that's what inner wealth is all about, mm-hmm. is the inside out. And you have an album called inside out yes, right I do. <laughs> and, and i saw that and i was like okay yeah that makes sense yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. that's that's why we gravitate towards each other because we are both on this uh this journey mm-hmm. of uh i like to call it, i don't that word enlightenment means something to mean something different to a lot of people mm-hmm. um but when i think of enlightenment i don't think about this perfection of like self mm-hmm. in terms of you're a perfect person right is this that you see yourself perfectly Mm-hmm. You know, that you have a high level of awareness. Yeah. And I think for me and, and what we do is about helping people to awaken mm-hmm. to something. Uh-huh. And that's the yeah. living from the inside yeah. out. I see. Yeah. And like you said earlier, within hip hop, I mean, 
I grew up in hip hop just like most <laughs> most black people. Right. Right. And early on it felt like that. Mm-hmm. It felt like mm-hmm. the groups yeah. spoke that. Yeah. Why why doesn't it feel like that now? Because they aren't speaking that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is really that simple. Right. You know, vibration creates thoughts. Mm-hmm. Thoughts create things. Music is a vibratory thing. So if you're vibrating on a low frequency, your vibration is going to create your thoughts. Right. And your thoughts are going to create the things that you put into, you contribute, mm-hmm. right? So we have a lot of people that are just really vibrating really, really low Yeah, that are contributing the most. But that's also being manipulated and controlled as well. You know, mm-hmm. like a Courtney Bell or, uh, you know, myself. Uh, dead prayers. It's certain music. You're just not, like like dead prayers. Put put out radio. You know, if you really listen to that song, that's the truth. Like you can't allow the media and the radio stations to control your vibration. You know. Yeah. And so the more you look look study music, you understand that music is vibratory. So if the vibration is on a certain frequency, it can destroy your DNA. Yeah. And then there's also music that's tuned to a frequency that actually rebuilds the DNA. What's the hertz? It's it, de- for... it depends on which chakra right. you're tuning into. So and if you're de- dealing with the lowest roots, you know, the hertz are going to be different than right. the highest. Right. And we have a vibration sound resonance bed at Inception now too. So I bet. I bet. <laughs> and and when, we, when we talk about these things, um, a lot of people think of it as woo-woo. But it's, it's science. Very much. Music is not just music. Your I'll life say. is music. Okay. Right? All everything you ever spoke, ever did, every action ever you ever took, if they put it out, if you look at Pro Tools and these type of tools, and they, and they map that out, it would just look like a, a sound wave. Absolutely. You know? And so what, what you continue, and me and Courtney had this conversation, the music you put out, like I tell people, whatever you ever said in life, you know it's still present. Mm-hmm. Energy cannot be created or transformed or, or destroyed, only mm-hmm. transformed. Oh, mm-hmm. So it's just, it's coming back somehow. Yeah. It's just going around, right? Mm-hmm. And I like um, how you said that a lot of people, they, they start off in this idea of, I want to make money. Absolutely. Right. That's, that's what it's about. But then as you grow, you would think that it would start to become more living from the inside out. And, mm-hmm. I, and I can honestly say, looking at, I don't know Jay-Z, but I've heard some things that he said over time. Yeah. And I can definitely see. Truthfully, I want to rhyme like common, common sense, sense, but I made five right. mil. I ain't rapping like common sense. Exactly. You know? Right. But then you, you listen to the certain more lyrics. involved Jay-Z. Well, yeah. at that point, because at that point, and I've, I want to say I've reached this point, and I've reached this point without having these things. Mm-hmm. Is and I always question myself: Am I feeling depressed? Because I just don't have the attachment. Like nah, I don't. That's I actually don't, a freedom. I don't. I don't care about things like mm-hmm. I used to. You know, um, and me and my mom, we had this conversation all the time. Mm-hmm. Like she said it yesterday. She said, ah, I just got this feeling. Like, am I depressed? She said. No, we're just free from right. Free Attachment. from form. Yeah, yeah. 
You know? There's a law. One of my favorite books is uh, Deepak Chopra's Seven, Seven Spiritual Laws yeah. of Success. Yeah. And so that law of detachment mm -hmm. is a really, truly a freedom to live. Like, um, And you say you're just not attached to things. And we live in a time where people love things. Yeah. And they use people. When the more you tune yourself, you love people and you use things. Yeah. And there's a huge difference, you know? And when you meet yeah. people, you can tell if they're in love with people or things. Mm. And, I, you, I mean, whatever level you're vibrating on, that's what you're going to attract. We're just, uh, that's what we are. Yeah. Vibratory beings that operate through law of attraction. Right. And so what you're attracting is really telling you what, where you're vibrating. Mm -hmm. You know, like us meeting, that was, that was not coincidence. You're, that was, that was vibration. Person only person I met that I walked away from that I was like, that's why I was, that's why I was supposed exactly. to be here. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Know? Cause I'm, I'm an introvert, you know, and I, I don't, mm -hmm. man, my, in one of my rhymes, I said, I'm socially selective. I keep my energy protected. It's a lot. I'm mm -hmm. not impressed with, you know? And so that event, certain events. And even when, um, AJ called me back and was like, yo, we might not have enough VIP tickets. And, you know, he contacted, like, I wasn't thinking about going to no party. Right. And he was like, but you could still come and I could just give you some tickets um, to sit in the seats or whatever. And I was like, bro, like, honestly, I don't really want to come. Mm -hmm. You know, and I was just frank, like, you know, but if there's an opportunity for me to be in a space where I can meet people, that mm -hmm. where I can work with them. Yeah. Um, that's why I go places. If if I'm there, I'm there for a reason. I'm right. not just there to be seen. I'd rather not be seen and just be heard through yeah. my music and stuff, you know, but it comes with the work. And so I if I'm out, it's more me working, honestly. If not, I'm yeah. I'm at home. It's very intentional. Mm -hmm. And you you also said I'm an empath, that's why I just can't be anywhere. I can't, man. Yeah. I feel too deep. You know, yeah. like the other day I was at something and my mom called me and um, I said, Ma, I, I'll call you right back. I need to shower quick. And she was like, why you got, what, what happened? You sweaty? Mm. I said, nah, nah, just too many people touched me. Mm. And I feel like I have too much on me right now. So I need to shower and I need to sage and I need to pray and I'll call you back. But it was so heavy. Because so many of the people I was around was like, oh, you look great. You don't look like you had cancer. You don't look, you know, and it's like, dang, yeah. And then they're like, yeah. you know, how can you help me heal? And they're sitting there with yeah. a drink and beef. And, yeah. and I'm like, mm. you know, and it's just like, man, it was just so much of that. That was like the same conversation over and over. And um, I just, you know, yeah, when you're an empathetic person, man, it's, it's difficult to be in environments. Because you feel so deep. Yeah. You know? And you see things. Like, I see things. Like, I see aura and energy a lot of times, especially if you're against a blank wall. And mm. some people are just like zombies, man. Yeah. You know? Just the walking dead. Like, That's clueless. what I call it, too. I call yeah. it the walking dead. Clueless. Yeah. Clueless, man. Not really. Um, they're not consciously living, of course. Mm -mm. Right? We're just... Trying to unconsciously self-soothe. Yeah. Actually out of sync with source energy and self and, and the inner God or goddess within you because the moves you make are based on 
your attempts to appeal to the world outside of yourself. Right. You know what I'm saying? And and I, I talk to so many people, and they're like, well, why are you so happy? You know, and I'm like, man, because I'm satisfied. Right. I'm not seeking any approval from anyone. I am very happy with the choices that I make in my life. I feel good. Mm-hmm. You know? And, and a lot of people are so, you know, it's not on you, it's in you. And they just dress it all up on the outside. Yeah. And I, I, tell, I told a kid the other day, I said, man, I meet, I meet people with hundreds of thousands of jewelry and diamonds on and fancy clothes. I'm talking about tennis shoes that cost three, four $4,000, outfits that cost five, dollars $6,000. They open their mouth and you're like, yo, you broke. Yeah, because they feel dead. Man, you are broke. And you, and you know what, too, about that? Not only do they, they feel dead. They know you know. Oh man. They, they know feel. you know. That's and that's why they'll want to attach to you because they they can feel something that they really don't have. Mm. And they can feel it from you. And that's where they come attached to you. Mm-hmm. Then they want to try to mm-hmm. attach because yeah. can you give me I, I can't give you something yeah. that only you can give yourself. Hurt people, hurt people, heal people, heal people. Yep. And yeah. it's not coming from a place of I think when because you have the, the conscious community where, like, I don't want the conscious community to feel like religion and to fall into the same thing as other religions. Like, I'm here, you're there. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just, we're just on two different ends of the spectrum. And you can't necessarily compare your journey to mine. Exactly. Every single person is on their own journey toward whatever it is they initially came here to do. Mm-hmm. And we came here to create things. Yeah. And we all came here to create something. And a lot of us came here and started watching and witnessing other people's creations. Mm. And we became observers. Right. And so those that are just observing other people's creations wonder how the people that are creating the things are so happy because I found my thing. So yeah. I'm creating from a space of, of delight, of enlightenment, right? Mm. And you're observing other people's creations and you're pulling yourself further and further away from why you came in the first place. Yeah. I think um, growing up, watched a lot of basketball and I would hear that a lot of players that played with Michael Jordan, they would just stand in awe mm-hmm. and watching mm-hmm. him create, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> and it's like, that's that's kind of a similar thing. We... We put people on a pedestal who able to take this vessel and do things that seem otherworldly to everybody else mm-hmm. when they're really just walking in their own purpose and passion mm-hmm. and, and living. They've been able to take the vessel and be congruent with it. Absolutely. Use, again, using it in a way that other people can't. But they can in their own genius. Uh, the problem you, is they stuck looking at somebody else's genius like you're saying. And you know. You know, that's just like me and Courtney Bell, right? When you see, when you know, okay, yeah, we both rap, Mm -hmm. but I'm good. I know what I'm doing. You know what you're doing. So you seek this person out like, yo, we need to do this together. Right. Can we do a song? And if you're not walking in that, that's when it becomes envy, uh, competition, um, a battle, uh, you know what I'm saying? A comparison. Mm-hmm. A com- you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? And, mm-hmm. and so it's like, once you know this is my thing, like, if this is what you do, 
and we go to a studio session, don't change who you are because right. I'm there. Right. Talk that gangster shit, man. <laughs> I can talk it too, but I'm going right. to talk it in another light. Right. You know what I'm saying? And we'll balance each other out. And I think when you, when you, you know, when you're genuinely, genuinely walking in your purpose, you really don't compare yourself to anyone except your old yeah. self. And as somebody who who recently there, they've been watching me and they're trying to take what I do and, and duplicate that. And it's like, but that's not you. It's not you. That's not, that's not your story. No. Why are you trying to play my story and trying to make it your story? It's not, or take my vision. I've had that before. I had somebody steal from me a business concept, the business concept you've been into. And I created a model and we had to separate, went through a lawsuit and everything. They won. Cool. I walk away. You took over a building and a plan that I had. But you didn't keep the visionary. <laughs> no. <they didn't. laughs> so now my thing that, that you see is constantly growing and expanding and mm -hmm. nobody ever heard of that other thing. Yeah, you're stagnant because you need the vision. You need the vision. Yeah, a man, a man shall perish thing. without lack of vision. Hello. You know, I but I, I, I saw a clip too where Jay-Z was talking about somebody. It's like, why you, why you don't be yourself? Because mm -hmm. you're afraid of people not accepting you. And you, a lot of people really don't know who they are. That's another thing. You know, like for real, for real, a lot of people have no, like they haven't found them because mm -hmm. they're a machine. Mm -hmm. And they do the same thing every day. Yeah. You know, I, I, I shared something yesterday on my social media and it was like, yo, the scariest place to be is in the same place you were last year. Mm. And there's some people that, like, I, I've i worked a nine to five. I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with working. I'm not saying that. Some people truly enjoy whatever it is they do. If you're a heart mm -hmm. surgeon and you do this regular heart surgeries or whatever, that's your thing. And right. you probably love it way more than the person that's just going to the hospital and sweeping up the floors or, you know, just found a little job or whatever, and mm -hmm. they're doing that, making ends meet and coming home and having dinner and watching the news and then going to bed and then getting up and doing the same monotonous routine daily. You know, um, in, in one of my songs, uh, 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 Grow, actually a song called Grow, um, I said, you know, you shucking, you jive, and now you jammed it by a nine to five to sucking you dry, mm -hmm. zapping the superpowers you never identified. Wow. You know? Yeah. But you get to shucking and jiving out here, that's where you end up. I ended up with anxiety, panic attacks, insomnia. That was that was from a trauma, but at the same time I was experienced had that trauma and I was going to work and I, I felt like if I don't get out of this job, I'm gonna die. More heart attacks happen on Monday mornings than any any than other any day. other time. Yep. <laughs> yep. Because people don't like going to do what they don't like to do. Period. That's not what that's not living. <laughs> right. That's existing. And like you said, that's if, you, if you if you want to work a job, then go attach Find yourself something. to something that that actually lights you up. People who want to come and work at Inception, a, a lot of them, I'm like, why? Yeah. And before, I didn't understand that. I didn't understand that on job interviews. When you're younger, you know, you don't see as well. Mm -hmm. And so people used to ask you, why do you want to work here? And you're like, really, I just wanted a job. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Make right, some money, right. right? <laughs> like, seems uh, like a pretty cool cause, place. Because <laughs> I, I got to pay rent. Yeah. <laughs> That's why. Yeah, right. But now, 
owning my own business. I'm like, yeah, but why mm-hmm. do you want to work here? And and a lot of times, too, people want to work at work with us and work at our facilities because they're trying to heal themselves mm-hmm. or they think it's going to heal them. Absolutely. It's like, no, they can support you, but it's not going to heal you. Right. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. And then when that doesn't happen, now you're angry because <laughs> yeah. it, well, it was never going to be your savior. Inception is nobody's savior. No, you're your savior. You're your own savior, <laughs> yes. right? So um, talk about your name. So. Hmm. At first, I thought it was S-O-U-L. S-O-L. And then, and, and then I was like, oh, it's soul. So my grandmother, everybody called my grandmother old soul. Hmm. And I adapted I adopted soul because we were so much alike mm. and look so much alike and act so much alike as fire signs. And um, what's your birthday? August sixth. Oh, Leo. Yeah, I yeah, told you that's my absolutely. best friend. Leo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Since yeah, I was yeah, six years yeah, old. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Six August sixth. Yeah. So, um, that name evolved um, as I did. You know, it, it took on different meanings. It mm. took on that um, the sun is my ruling planet as a Leo. Um, and soul means sun in Spanish. Um, also, the solar plex, the center, your energy, mm-hmm. center, being the center of my own universe. So it just evolves as I evolve. Um, and it's now my middle name. Um, it, 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 the name Mama Soul, I earned that name teaching at an African-centered school on the east side of Detroit at Timbuktu Academy of Science and Technology. Mm, where is that located? I, I believe it's. Cl- I don't know if it's opened anymore. Okay. Um, it used to be on Gratiot and Harper, right near Operation Get Down. Gotcha. They tore that building down. Uh, we had moved over on Van Dyke, and then it moved again, and that's when I quit. And so, um, I think it's now Obama. It's not an African Center school anymore. Uh, Mama Malkia, who was the owner, she also had a school in Ghana. She transitioned to the ancestral realm some time ago. Uh, a lot of the leadership. Uh, Mama Neb, uh, they left, and so we kind of went in a different direction. But when mm-hmm. I was there, um, all the students addressed the teachers as Mama and Baba. And so that's where I got the Mama soul before I even had a son of my own okay, or any children of my own. Mm-hmm. And I started teaching at Timbuktu during the first healing uh, when I had cancer 20 years ago. And... Those children brought me so much light into my life day to day. Like, I really, really loved my job. Like, loved it. Mm. Every day. I mean, I ended up, and that was the reason I quit, because I loved it so much. And I know what children need as far as consistency. Mm. And I would get to work early, and I always left two, three hours late. So I would get home sometime at like 7 o'clock at night. And me and several other teachers, we sit up and hang out, wash hair, comb hair, cut hair, do homework, cook for kids. Mm. We, you know. Um, it was a very community-based school. Yeah, man. You know, and me and the mamas and babas that I taught with, we're all still like siblings. You know, mm. it, it was like a, a just a divine space. And Sounds we like all it. felt like we were called to be in that space. Even our students, we still all talk. We have our own. Facebook page, family, we share everything on there, you know. Yeah. And that's where I, I got the name. And when I quit, you know, a lot of my students cried, you know. Mm. And I told them, I'll keep the name Mama Soul for you. 
because you made me. Mm. And you made me say, you know what? The world is my classroom. I can't be confined to four walls because the kids need me and they need more people like me. Yeah. You know, and I understood the role that I was stepping into. And so when I be when I had my son, I was like, you know what? I need to go back to writing full time. Hmm. And so I left the school, but that's where mama's soul came from. It sounds like that experience too. Um did that prepare you for your son? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um my godson, uh Bryce actually is who prepared me um to love at that level. Mm-hmm. During my healing, uh, his mom and dad told me, you know, like, move to Detroit. Because I was in New York working in Columbus, Ohio, working with FUBU. Um, mm. And I came home to Michigan, to Flint. And it was kind of depressing going from big cities and doing big jobs to doing nothing and having cancer. Mm. And uh, going through that healing, I moved to Detroit with some friends of mine. And they like, yo. While you gain your energy, just take care of your godson. And he was mad little, you know what I'm saying? He, right. he, I was carrying him, like taught him how to walk, taught him how mm. to use the bat, like taught him his colors, ABC. So he was like my son. Mm. You know, they would put him in his crib at night. And he'd be crying. I'd like, I'd sneak upstairs, get him. They'd wake up in the morning like, yeah, we trained him to sleep in his crib. He'd be laying <laughs> on my chest downstairs. So he really taught me love. On that level. And then mm. when I had Wasir, it was just like, oh, yeah. You know, again. But, yeah, the students also, I had four or five kids in my house every weekend, you know, working at my store. Because I had a store on Seven Mile and Burt Road. And that experience, too, did that also show you what was lacking in the actual traditional school system? Oh, my goodness, man. I wish I hadn't went to public school after I taught at Timbuktu. Like we, we, that school, when I say if I ever opened a school, I would model it after that because our children, we had to wear African garb. Mm. So we had to wear dashikis or African garb, but we had to have a piece of Africa on us. So we could wear um, something with an Af- Africa on it. Even if it's a mm-hmm. t-shirt, we had to have an ancestor on it, Malcolm X, Marcus Garvey. Somebody mm-hmm. had to be on our clothes, right? Mm-hmm. But we we could wear galays, lapas. And so, um. Man, we started morning circle in the morning with the gym bags. Uh, Praise the red, the black, and the green. The brothers and (laughs) sisters are being redeemed. And to see kids, little kids in that circle, uh, oh, on our way to being free. And you see little bitty kids dressed up with the power fists and playing the gym bags. And man, it was so powerful, right? But that stuck with these kids. You know, it stuck with that identity. Man, having some identity. I, I think I didn't go to a school like that, but hip hop instilled that into me. My parents did. Mm-hmm. I remember we were we were medallions. We mm-hmm. were African medallions. Like I, I remember I wanted one. Like the little leather jeans. Yeah, the little yeah. leather ones. Wanted one so bad. Yeah. Right. Um, obviously in, in Baptist church we see the Kente cloth. You used to yeah. wear that on certain mm-hmm. Sundays, whatever I think it was the first Sunday of every month. Yep. And Parents, mom used to take me to the shrine of the Black Madonna, mm-hmm. you know, trying to get us to have some pride. Not and, even and, trying, just and, getting and, you to have some pride. That's yeah. why you are who you are today because of that early education, you know. Mm-hmm. And I made sure I instilled that in my son and gave him a name with a meaning, mm-hmm. you know. And um, just that environment alone, man, it helped me. And I wasn't a kid. Mm. I locked my hair 
through that phase, though I had already had natural hair from being on the Holy Land of Kadesh, mm -hmm. but it was like, yo, this is it. Like, I, my immediate supervisor was an ex-Panther who was part of the whole Freedom School movement. And, you know, and so I learned so much in that space. Mm. It was a transition. It was a new chapter for me. Like, everything is divine order. And I, I wouldn't take change anything I went through because mm. all the, the con contrast, it showed up to evolve me. Right. You know what I'm saying? So you can, I mean... You can look at your past and you can probably piece together like oh, all man, those little man, steps and listen, why why man. you are who you are today, right? Man, listen. Have you done that before and just look I back? I do it all the time. Same here. I do it all the time. And, and I think that's what gratitude is. The difference in gratitude and appreciation and satisfaction, rather, is, you know, when you're grateful, that's attached to overcoming. Hmm. When you're satisfied, it's not about overcoming. It's just about right now. Right. And, uh, you know, I'm very grateful, but I'm also very satisfied. Mm -hmm. And I can look back and see exactly, like, you know, I, I reference a lot of my lyrics, you know, in um, Shine, I say a mountain can't be climbed without them bumps. True. You just keep sliding right back down if life was all smooth. Mm -hmm. So, you know, those those bumps are what you grab, pull yourself up on, step on, Grab, pull yourself up on, step on, then you get to that peak of the mountain and it's very little space up there. Yeah. So eventually you're going to have to go back into the valley, you know? And that's just what life is. It's just about just ups and downs. It's about valleys and peaks, man. Mm -hmm. And and it just allows you to enjoy the journey instead of the thing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we always have these goals, right? Right. But it's about really... I already feel like every goal I have set is already accomplished. So I enjoy the journey to get there. Like even today, like, cool. You know, yeah, I come do the podcast. Like I'm people are like, aren't you tired of driving to Detroit? I'm like, nah, I just did a commercial with the Pistons. I'm about to go do an inner wealth podcast. <laughs> Man, I just went to inception to the yeah. first mental health gym. Nah, I'm going to the opera house to hear my friend from Atlanta sing, you know, and then, then I got to come back and catch a flight to go receive an award in Oakland. Like, nah, yeah. nah, man. Yeah. No, give thanks, right? Yeah. You know? No, I, I get it. I get yeah, it. Yeah, like, man. I, when I was, again, having panic attacks and anxiety and I felt like, yo, like probably if you go back and how you felt with cancer, right? Mm -hmm. you, I felt like my body failed me at one point. Right. Right. And my message used to be about trauma, 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 trauma. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, then I had this perception about trauma like it was a bad thing. Mm -hmm. And as I keep evolving, I see that's what helps you to grow. Yes. The problem isn't trauma itself. Mm -hmm. The trauma is the, the problem is when you're stuck. Mm -hmm. Right. And you can't move forward. You know, or the problem is when you have too much trauma, can't regulate or not enough trauma and can't grow. Mm -hmm. But those are those are factors. We literally go to the gym to tear our muscles down so mm -hmm. they can build and we can come back stronger. Mm -hmm. So now I can look at like little instances in my life where something happens. I'm like, OK, I am not going to even resist this. Right. Right. Because this yeah. is this is already played out. Yeah. This yes. is already finished, yes. like you said. Yeah. And I just need to keep moving forward. Yeah. 
And yeah. if I keep moving forward and I don't look back, mm-hmm. it, was a, it was a verse in the Bible with, uh, was it Abraham and his wife when they left from uh, Sodom and Gomorrah and they told mm-hmm. him don't look back mm-hmm. and his wife looked back and turned to a pillar of salt. So, so, mm-hmm. That's just a story, right? right. Like, keep going. Mm-hmm. As much as I want to look back and be angry mm-hmm. at the person or the thing or the situation that I didn't get, it's like, no, keep looking forward, mm-hmm. man. Mm-hmm. And I noticed that when I do that, like, it's little rewards that keep popping yeah, up to show absolutely. you. Yep, yep, yep. Because yeah. yeah. if you look back and you stay there long enough, you're going to get the opposite reward, mm-hmm. which is what? More pain from holding that rope on that you don't want to let go, that keeps burning you, but it's better just to say, okay, man, look, I give in. Mm -hmm. And that that little thing on my mom's desk growing up, this little plaque Mm -hmm. that said, let go and Mm -hmm. let God. Mm -hmm. And that's not a Bible verse. Mm -hmm. That's just a saying. Right. But it's a truth. It is true. Yeah. And when we talk about cancer, my mother had cancer. And when I talked to her about her journey, I said, well, she said, I know how I got it. I know how I got it. And that's yep, for and real. The, and the reason yeah. why I'm saying yeah. that is because I want to ask you because I know you know. Yeah, so, absolutely. So, so yes. tell us that journey. Absolutely, absolutely. Especially this last time, like I was like, I I caused that. What? Wait, this you last know? time? What does that mean? You had um, it twice. I, I, yes. I, okay. I, I just beat cancer in 2019. Okay. Um, which was a much much more arduous process than the first time. Mm. This past time, it was like, man few t- moments of touch and go. Um, one time in particular when I was in the hospital, you know, I, I really thought that was it. Mm. You know, like everything was shutting down. My face was so swollen. My neck was so swollen. You couldn't see my ears from the front, you know, and mm. I had a fever of 105 and uh, it was terrible. But, um, yeah, I had several surgeries. Um, then my body rejected the implant and I had to go have all the surgeries done again. And then, you know, they snatched the drainage tube out. They had to get it put back in. And that was like one of the worst things. I'm mm. thinking that drainage tube was about this long. It was like this long. So he started pulling it out. I'm like, ah. <laughs> but, um, you know, um, stress. Mm-hmm. Stress. And I'm normally good with stress. My life has been, been um, you know, of course, ups and downs. I've had some, some dis-ease. Yeah. You know, I wasn't always at ease. And... Mm-hmm. Uh, that tumor came and attacked. Stress attacks the weakest part of your body. I had already had so many surgeries and so mm-hmm. much going on in this space that it was weak. And um, it was stress, man. It was an a- accumulation of, of and, and being an introvert, you deal with stress Internally. alone. Yeah. yeah, and you internalize it. And mm-hmm. we were in Atlanta. Um, you know, most people know that do follow my music, Mama Soul and the Nuts. The Nuts was my band, New Under the Sun. And we had a plan to move to Atlanta together because we had done everything we could do around Flint and mm-hmm. most of Detroit. You know, we had headlined the African World Festival here. We had done a lot. And I had an opportunity come and I got to know Rashawn McDonald very well, who was Steve Harvey's manager at the time. Okay. And I would go back and forth to Chicago to the NBC building to meet with Rashawn. And Rashawn really liked what I was doing. And he was like, yo, when I went to the Steve Harvey show to watch the Water Crisis show, Rashawn was like, I cannot help you in Flint. And you need to leave Flint because the Calvary is not coming anytime soon. Wow. And I had just got out of the hospital. Mm. And I was put on a 30-day vocal rest. 
Mm. I had a growth. I had growth on my um, a couple different growth on my vocal cords, and it was affecting. I had terrible sore throat. I was in the hospital for some time, and um, you know, you're looking at it like, yo, this is the same person that brokered all Steve Harvey's deals, yo, and is wants to manage us. Mm-hmm. We gotta go. So we sat and had several meetings, and we got to Atlanta. And me and my DJ, my DJ moved first. Me and my son just up and moved one night. Like I was just literally got my car packed, but we couldn't left. And that's all I took. Mm. And um, the band came down for like a month straight. And did a, We did a residency at 656 Sports Bar and Grill. And it was going great, man. And then like my music director got cold feet in a sense. And it became about money instead of about the vision. Mm. And everybody backed out on me. So now I'm in Atlanta. By yourself? Me and my son. Wow. And it's like, okay, you determined to make it work because you see the potential in a space that big, right, with that much opportunity. But it's like, dog, I'm broke. I'm not performing. And mm-hmm. I, I, that's what fuels me is seeing that light come on in a kid. I'm not in any schools. I'm just like, yo. So I was stressed. You know, I ended up being a manager at my cousin's sports bar, which mm. is really not my environment, just right. to make ends meet. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I was stressed, like stressed, stressed, and I was broke, financially broke. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just started breaking me to deal with that alone in that space. Yeah. And then the, the I don't know if it, I don't even, I can't even identify the feeling I had toward what year my was this? band. This was like 20. 17, 18, okay. 16, 17, 18, you know, around that time. And so the tumor was initially large, and I nursed that tumor alone for two years, and it shrunk down, and then I was just tired. Where was the tumor located? In my right breast. Wow. Yeah. So, you know, it was a long journey, man, but it, mm. I know it was just the stress, you know. Do you think you were impacted by the water in Flint, drinking water, any? Not as far as lead levels, but I think that's what caused the irritation with my throat. Yeah. Um, at that time, because I was drinking a lot of coffee at the time, because I was in the studio a lot finishing an album, mm-hmm. and that was when I actually had the throat issues in the studio. I was my my DJ was like, "Man, you why you keep rapping with this sore throat?" I'm like, "Bro, I got to get it done. I can numb the pain," and mm-hmm. um, you know. End of the day, I think everybody was affected by the water crisis. Maybe not your health necessarily, but, but your mind was. Mentally, emotionally, yeah. Oh, man, it's just like this, the pandemic or whatever they want to call it. Um, what's going on with the world right now and the chaos mm-hmm. in the world and the lack of ease in the world right now with so yep. many people and the dis-ease with the world right now. Um, that was what Flint felt like just in a small city by yourself. How does it feel now? You know, I love Flint. Mm-hmm. I, like I absolutely love Flint. Flint helped me heal. Love mm-hmm. healed me. Um, the the city of Flint, man, has has gone above and beyond to support me through my healing. Mm-hmm. I mean, everything from the brewing company in Flint, Tenacity Brewing Company, naming a beer after me, and everybody that bought a beer was able to. The money went to my healing fund to the mm-hmm. uh, crepe company. They. Started a T-shirt, hardest Flint on the back, Flint Loves Mama Soul, sold T-shirts. I mean, they did uh, Beats and Beers, did a, a brunch in my honor. They, I mean, they did so much um, uh, for my healing fund, man. 
So did you did you go down a traditional route of healing, or did you do a combination, or what are some of the things you did? No, not the tradition. That could that could that could help people. The reason why I was able to say no to chemo, to say no to their drugs, to take tamoxifen every day for five years and chemotherapy for four months. And the reason I was able to say no to that is because. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try of the diet and the level of mindfulness that I practiced prior to it for years. Right. You had a foundation already. And I think that's the most important thing. A lot of times we wait until we're sick to be healthy. Right. And I think when you have people in your community that you love and you see them get sick, and I think a lot of, I know I'm used often by spirit, by my ancestors, by you know, and I had an elder ask me the other day and we were talking and she was like, well, don't you feel like instead of saying ancestors, you should say God helped you. And I'm like, what God do you know that wasn't an ancestor? Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Every, every Jesus to Muhammad, they walked the, the earth, right? Right. You know? And so there are ancestors. I, so that I, in respect to everyone's beliefs, I say our ancestors, you know? Because I have ancestors surrounding me. I feel them. And and a lot of times I'm being used as a vessel. And every every time I, I do something new, I do something different. And so, man, I fasted. I was 118. I weigh 150 now. So you can imagine how thin I was. I'm already mm-hmm. thin anyway. My mother was like, oh, you're so frail. I'm like, nah, this is intentional. I mean, you, you were fasting. How many days did you fast? Initially, I went from three to five, then seven, then nine. So I would fast for a few days and then take a break. No food? No food. Then when I would take that break, I ate a a raw diet. I would eat like soups and things like that. If I did eat anything cooked, it was very easy to digest. Um, Then when I would fast, it would just be water, sea moss, 
Um, I would do the uh, bromide powder, Dr. Sabi's powder, mm-hmm. um, and I would do smoothies from time to time and fresh pressed juice. Yeah. Um, beside that, I did the grape fast, and I just ate muscadine grapes, water, alkaline water, distilled water, spring water, alkaline water, distilled water, spring water. So I, it's a discipline that comes with that that choice of taking a holistic approach to healing. Well, you said freedom is not free. Man, but it evolved, like the clarity you have, when you don't have your body working as hard because it has to work to process food and break it down, send it to places and all that. So you give your body a break. Yep. Your body is like, okay, good looking out. Now we can do this. Now we can you know use what I'm resources saying? Yeah. in another way. And, and that's what I keep telling man, people. We all have parasites. Yeah, absolutely. Right? And so when the parasites, they feed off of sugar. Mm-hmm. That's, they thrive off sugar and salts. And so when you fast, you're not feeding the parasites what they want. So what do they eat? Tumors. Fat. They eat the things that shouldn't be in your body in the first place. Yeah. And a couple other things happen, and this is what science is starting to understand, and we're starting to promote fasting from the science standpoint, is 18 hours in, human growth hormone spikes. Um, When you go past 18 hours, then autophagy happens, where the body actually starts to get rid of damaged cells, dead Mm -hmm. cells. And when you start going up to that 24, 48, 68 hours, you're talking about uh, brain regeneration. This is what science is seeing. Man. So that's why I asked you specifically. Fasting. fasting. Fasting is like one of the best things you can do. I've been doing intermittent fasting probably since 2010. And I got my, my mother on it at that time. Mm-hmm. And we broke the addiction that food had over us. Absolutely. I eat once a day. Yeah. I'm not a vegan. Right. But because I only eat once a day. My system still has a break from, yes. from, and my lymphatic system has a break and less uh, resources being used to try to circulate toxicity, mm-hmm. right? Um, and those things keep me looking young. Mm-hmm. I'm 41. I yeah. don't feel like I'm 41. Right. You know, and, and when I see people who look like they aged, I'm like, I see puffiness. I see fat accumulation. That's what aging starts to look like. Mm-hmm. It's because you just you're not you're not processing and absorbing and eliminating properly. Absolutely, and and detoxing is very important. Also, like I detoxed mm-hmm. big time, and I don't have a lot of toxins in my body because I'm not really a drinker or anything mm-hmm. like that. I was, I can't say I wasn't, but yeah. you know now I'm just not. You know, um, I might do a little micro dosing every now and then, but which micro-dose? is often micro dose of alcohol. No, no, oh, of mushrooms. Oh, mushrooms. Okay. Yeah, we can yeah. talk about that too. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, yeah. not enough to where I can't function in the world. It's yeah. actually I am decalcifying my penile gland. Mm-hmm. I am working on my pituitary gland. I am reconnecting neurons in my brain. Things are more acute, um, you know, but my vision is very vast. And so, you know, I, I'm just studying now to where life needs to really make sense to me on a spiritual level, but spirituality is also math and science. Yes. And so, you know, like our ancestors built pyramids, that's math, science, and the ability to think. And I like like blending. In my conversation, when people hear me, I may 
talk about a Bible verse. Mm-hmm. I may break down something scientifically. I may break down something from the biological level, Absolutely. neurological level. Yeah. And it's just like, as so above, as so below. It's it's all the same stuff. It's all connected. And, it, it's, and it's definitely all connected. So we need to look at it from all layers. Mm-hmm. When you came into Inception, it's not one thing in there. It's multiple things. Because it's supporting us on different layers mm-hmm. and levels. Um, me and Courtney had this conversation about microdosing mm-hmm. and... Um, psilocybin and ayahuasca and now there's a company there's multiple companies that are coming out um they're putting inception style facilities around the country to speed up uh mental health in terms of using psilocybin and mdma there's these therapy type of sessions when they can guide you through therapy on these substances Mm -hmm. and it cuts through Mm -hmm. years worth of therapy and that's becoming uh very popular. Yeah, just like marijuana is becoming very right. popular. You know what I'm saying? But it, it, I did Rick Simpson oil. I, I, that I was another huge soul. part of my, my healing yeah. was Rick Simpson yeah. oil. But, you know, people don't realize all these things grow from the earth. So you you can't tell me that the things that grow from the earth, mm-hmm. right? Be- hospitals have not always existed. No. But a lack of ease in the body has. Yes. So how did our ancestors heal without hospitals? They went to the land. Mm-hmm. They meditated. They prayed. They fast. You know, and so if we really use the ancient ways of healing, you don't ha- need something that's created in a lab. Well, all pharmaceutical drugs come from the Amazon rainforest and nature. All of them. No drug has ever been created that didn't come from originate in nature. It can't. It can't. It only nah, comes from. They, but they do send in these labs and combine well, bath salts and this, that, and the third and make uh, mollies. And you know what I'm saying? Well, then, like, too, they can patent things. Yeah. You can't absolutely. patent nature. You can't patent nature, which was Dr. Sabi's big thing. Right. You know, even with talking about veganism, like, I'm not big on just saying, oh, I'm vegan. Like, nah, I just follow a certain way of right. life you, that a, works for me. A resourcefulness for you. Yeah. And it's like, when man, we get into don't these, get locked into yeah. these titles, man. When we get into like, the, 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 the cultism of man, come on, how man. we eat, I'm like, aren't, that's... That's the same insanity to me when you lock locking into the cultish mindset or the zealous mindset of how you eat. If it, if do that's what works if that, for you. Right, if that works for you, great. Listen, man. I'm the same way about religions. You know, like if whatever you do every day makes you a better person mm-hmm. and a better contribution to the wealth of humanity mm-hmm. and the energy the people around you, man, do that. But we have this ego t- attached to it. The ego, the ego of scarcity of spirit. But the ego. Well, my, well, my, my spiritual practice is higher than your spiritual practice, or more right, resourceful. Right. And it's like, mm-hmm. like you said, is that what supports you? Then cool. Then why does it matter what what I do? Well, Malcolm X said it best, man. If we just keep our relationship. Between our us and our God, or our religious practice at home, mm. and we come into the world as black nationalists, we all help each other. Mm. You know, and, and um, end of the day, what works for me may not work for you. Right. You know, um, you are what you attract. 
And so we attracted each other and you eat meat. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so it doesn't have to do with having these titles placed on who you are to attract what you vibrate with. Right. Exactly. It creates the separate separation between us, though, Boxes. because because then it's almost like, is she going to be cool with me because I eat meat? Right. Or I'm a Republican or a right. Democrat or because I'm a vegan or I'm a carnivore or herbivore or because I this or that. Or and whatever I, you man, do. Look, I tell my son, man, wasn't nothing on your birth certificate, but why see you who everything mm. else is a choice. Right. Vegans not on there. Athletes not on there. Intellects not on there. You know what I'm saying? Nothing else is on there, man. Everything else is a choice. So do what works for you. I'm not telling you to do what works for me. Right. You know, I'm going to live. I want you to watch me do it. But I'm not going to tell you how to live. But if you see the way I treat people, son, you will see that the world reciprocates that energy back to me. Yeah. And has taken care of you your entire life. My son has never seen me punch a clock. Mm. Ever. But neither has my son ever seen me with a cold. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It, so I'm not telling him you got to eat like I eat, but you ain't never seen me sick. Except right. with cancer. And I've had the cancer conversation with my son. Mm. As to how I caused it. Yep. And now I'm well. Mm-hmm. And and what you did to get what there, too. What did I do to get well? Right. I went where I was loved and mm-hmm. held. Mm-hmm. And then I did the spiritual work. I did the work. Yeah. You know, he meditated with me daily. Prayed with me daily. Ate with me how I ate at times. You know what I'm saying? So he watched mm-hmm. that, you know. And at the same time, as far as the work, same thing. M- my son has seen me stay up till the sun is coming up. Like, my, you haven't been asleep. Not yet, but I'm going to rest because I know how important rest is. Right. I get my proper rest. It's an ebb and flow, right? It is, man. Sometimes you may be in the grind and you may stay up later, but you know how to sharpen the saw. Yeah, and I don't even use the word grind because, um, like, it's a very abrasive term to me. Like, Mm. I I just attract. I don't grind. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I don't struggle. I like to say I float. Yeah, exactly. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) I float and I flow. Because a lot of people chase currency. I chase a current. Mm. You understand what I'm saying? So, right. you know, when I'm with the current, I'm just going with the flow. Yeah. And and my work comes. But again, we go back to that thing. Like, the life is already set out. Mm-hmm. Th- that current is already present. So you might as well ride the wave. Ride the that's, wave, that's all. That's, yeah, <laughs> that's it, right? You might hit a couple bumps. It might push you over this way a little yeah. minute, but stay afloat. Stay afloat. You know? Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Back to that thing of RSO, though, because I take RSO, mm-hmm. and that's been very powerful for me. Um, and the thing about the tools of psychedelics or marijuana and all these different things, that's just what they are, the tools. Mm-hmm. And uh, we have to become more conscious in how we choose to use the tools. I, I said on the last podcast, I said, when you're waking and baking, that lets you know you're really out of balance. Absolutely. Because in the morning time is when you should really be at ease. And you get up and you're anxious. Like and you're already trying to suffocate and self-soothe. Mm-hmm. The tools are only there to, again, help us to be, to use them as tools. I don't take Advil every day. I wouldn't ever do that, first of all. 
but some over in uh Mexico they'll they'll eat the uh like truck drivers will eat the uh the cocoa leaves. Mm. You know? It's like nicotine and and uh cocaine and all those things have beneficial uses. Yeah, if you're not abusing it. If and you're using not it abusing for the it. wrong reasons. Right. See, that's that's the other thing. It's like, man, do you microdose or macrodose? To get high and to go mm, to a concert. A concert. Yeah. That's the you know weirdest what I'm saying? thing like, for me. What? Or yeah. are you doing this because you need to sit at the feet of your ancestors and talk to them? Mm-hmm. You know, like me and Courtney did ayahuasca with the same priest and priestess. You know what I'm saying? With mm-hmm. the same group. And so, um, and we both did it the first time, same time, around the same time. You okay. know what I'm saying? With the same group. And so... You know, it's really, man, about seeking your higher self. Right. And when you, I I was introduced to the whole psychedelics by Baba Kalindi over 20 years ago. Yeah, Yeah, rest, rest easy, Baba, but um, over 20 years ago. Mm. And I was at a lecture at Black Star Bookstore, Baba Malik's old bookstore over on Otta Drive. And I would go to Baba Kalindi's lectures and he was lecturing about the mushrooms and the hieroglyphs. Mm. And he was pointing out in all the hieroglyphics how often our ancestors used mushrooms. And it was like, wow. You know what I'm saying? It, it was mind-blowing to me. Have you seen a Fantastic Fun Guy on Netflix? I haven't had a chance. I've heard. I've heard I just Stamets. haven't had a chance yeah. to sit down and watch TV, period, lately. Yeah. But I'm going to watch that. I mean, look at Super Mario. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's all it's all in front of us, man. And so, you know, I mean, even like Cat Williams stand up and he was like, you ain't never heard of nobody overdosing on marijuana. Right. You know, he like, what you going to kick that? They might eat you out of the house at home, but they're not going to overdose on it. Now, the other side, though, that's happening is the synthetic forms and the oh super high but THC you know that's gonna levels. Come. Like I, I said on the last show that uh, Dr. Uh, oh, she's not a doctor, but Wendy Muhammad, she owns a hospital in in Washington. And I asked her what was her main clientele. And she said younger people. And I said, what's the main thing they're dealing with? She said blood clotting. Mm. And I said, from what? She said, from the marijuana, from the high TACs. Mm. Marijuana slows you down, but it's not supposed to slow you down to the point where your blood starts Clotty. to no. coagulate. Mm-mm. That's what's happening. Mm. Mm. We're in such pain now that we want to have the, we we really want one hit. We want to just be blown away. Yeah. We do, man. And we demonize the tools again. Mm-hmm. It's not the tools. It's the consciousness. Yep. It is. And the sooner you know, the more you grow, you know? Mm-hmm. It's just, just like teaching at Timbuktu. Like those kids benefited so much from that environment because they knew so soon who they were. Mm, you know right, what I'm saying? Right. Like like all of our, um, the paradigm in which our lesson plans were structured were under the Nguzo Saba. Mm. <clears throat> so every lesson plan, as a lead teacher, I had to check the lesson plan books. So every lesson plan had to have umoja. What, what are you teaching? How is this going to bring unity in your classroom or to the community? You know, Puji Chagali is self-determination. How does this, you, you know, so if you're teaching the Pythagorean theorem, Mm-hmm. And a child doesn't know the Pythagoras study in Egypt and learn this in the pyramids and then called the theory and named it after, took the name of uh, the theory and named it after himself. 
Now you see it from a different headspace. Mm-hmm. Or when you understand who Imhotep is, and you know Imhotep is the father of chemistry, right. and you know that the original name of Egypt is Kemet, Kemet. Right. and it's a black land, mm-hmm. and then you understand Kim, chemistry, mm-hmm. Kemet, Kim is three, black, is three is science, so black science. So now you understand, oh, my ancestors were the originators of chemistry. Yeah. So now you embrace chemistry, you walk into a chemical lab different. You have a confidence. Mm-hmm. Now you had these DNA explosions like, yo, my ancestors did this. And you see Imhotep in your classroom and he looks like you. Now you know you can do it. Yeah. It's in your DNA. You know, so you just approach life differently. Yeah. And that was the most important thing for me teaching my son was to make him very secure with being a black man in America. Mm. Because I know grown men that, like are very uncomfortable. When they're around anyone other than black people, very uncomfortable. And now that you say that, I have a, I have an awareness of that for myself and how my parents raised me. Because I never felt like I didn't belong. But it's a lot. Of no matter that where do. I was, even if I was in a group of all white people, and I'm in that space. Yeah, I'm in. I've been in that space forever. I'm here. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm kid from Eight Mile. You go look at Inception. It doesn't look like a kid from eight miles should make that, right? Right. But to, who, to, to but everybody who say else, that? Yeah, to, to everybody, everybody else. else right. To me, that's normal. Like, yeah, absolutely. To me, honestly, that's normal, but it's that ain't nothing. Mm-hmm. That's how I feel. Yeah, because like, you accomplished like, Y'all ain't seen Yeah, right? yeah, I'm just getting started. <laughs> just getting I got started. other things right. to do now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and, yeah. Yeah. So I... How does that with your son, like, what do you feel from your son? Like, how do other people experience your son and teaching him since you ta- taught him these things? And <clears throat> what's the reaction? Man, my son has shaken some classrooms up. Mm. You know, I, I hate, my son was kicked out of school for telling the teacher Christopher Columbus didn't discover America. Well, he did. this was it. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. And um, she sent him home mm. and said, for him to come back, I had to come. And I, I mean, me and him broke it down. You know what I'm saying? Mm. And so it um he only went to public school for a minute. <clears throat> then I homeschooled him when we moved. Uh from homeschool, he went to uh Pearl Academy mm. under Mama Virgie in Atlanta, which is a small science and agricultural uh African-centered school. The kids had their own chickens, goats, mindful meditation, yoga, chess, boxing. The boys had boxing. You know what I'm saying? Mm. The girls had African dance, and they had a garden. All the swing set, everything, they built themselves. The picnic tables, they built themselves. You know, um, eight kids in your classroom. So my son's education has been tailored um, to a certain self-awareness. Right. So when we moved back home in 2019... We didn't intend to stay. We intended to go back to Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And I shared with my mom what I was dealing with. And I started having surgery scheduled, and it just became a big, we just couldn't go back. Mm-hmm. So my son ended up thrown into public school in Flint in eighth grade, all his clothes still in Atlanta. And this was like, boom. Mm-hmm. Right? And his mother is sick. And I'm all, he really knows. Right? right. So... I went to a parent-teacher conference or had him, you know, after he had been at Hamity for a minute, which was a school he was at. And one of the teachers said, man, 
I wish I had a classroom full of him. Wow. He said, because Wasir pushes me. Especially, he was his history teacher. Mm. And he was a white guy. But he was cool. He was cool. He was super cool. And he was like, you know, Wasir asked, could we watch Hidden Colors? These are things that he knows about. Right. Those kids probably have yeah, no, no idea, idea about right. Hidden Colors, right? Right. But he wanted them to know. Because he saw how much they didn't know about who they were and how it affected how they treated each other yeah, and how they judged each other. My son is very compassionate, you know, and um, so other people embrace my son and see him. I get complimented about the type of kid he is all the time. I don't necessarily see that kid that they talk about. Right. Because I deal with every aspect of him. Right. All the bad stuff he does, if he tells a lie, if he, you know, man, mm-hmm. I deal with the whole child. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm into educating the whole person. Um, so, you know, other people see things I don't necessarily see because how he presents himself when I'm not there. I don't know until somebody says, your, your son is just so cool and just so well-mannered and so respectful. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's who he is. Right. That's not who I made him be. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I let him be him. You know, like I said, I don't tell him how to live. I live and I let him watch me do it. But you nurtured him to be him. Absolutely. Absolutely. And a lot of people yeah. aren't them. They're, 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 I always say, they're a trauma pattern. They're their, they're their lack of safety. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like your son has a sense of safety. And that's where oh, yeah. that sense of awareness yeah. comes from. When you can, when you can feel safe, that's why I can be in a room of a bunch of white men and still feel safe. Doesn't right. mean I feel safe with them. I feel mm-hmm. safe with me. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's been in a lot of environments also. Mm-hmm. You know, I never hid the world from my son either. Yeah. You know, he may go somewhere with me and there's somebody nodding. You know, they on them pills. Mm. And I just pointed out because he like, what's wrong with him? Yeah. You know, he was like <laughs> right. seven, eight, I think, when he first saw somebody really seriously nodding. And um, this same cat wanted to take him to the corner store. You know, we over at my uncle's house. And I'm like, no, nah, you ain't riding with him. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. well, I was like, he might fall asleep driving. I'm like, exactly. Right. He's like, what's wrong with him? I said, pills. You know? Mm. Um, And, you know, so I really let him see the world. And then he's, you know, my son has been with me. So when his younger years, he was in studios. He was in band rehearsals. He was at African American Museum when I'm speaking. And he going with me to different speaking engagements. So he's hearing me speak to 300 kids that's in Job Corps or in a mm-hmm. detention center or uh, uh, wherever I am. He will go with me. So he's seen people from all walks of life, you know? Right. Um, you know, my son went to Hawaii and him and a kid named Sky Zoo played for a week and the kid didn't know English, couldn't speak English. Mm-hmm. So they couldn't even communicate. And they played every day, all day. Yeah. That's an energy thing. I heard your song, your song Sons, mm-hmm. but I also heard your song Manhood. Mm-hmm. And the great thing about that was you had a song from a single mother perspective, mm-hmm. but you, you also had a, a song from a, a, a black woman perspective and understanding the importance of black men. Absolutely. And I was like, that's what we need. Absolutely. And and black men need a song about daughters. 
Mm-hmm. Well, Nas, and, Nas and, and, inspired Sons when he okay. wrote Daughters. Yeah, he, yeah, I do know that song. I do know, too, uh, John Mayer's song. Yes. About Daughters. Mm-hmm. Um, but also understand the importance of mothers, you know? It's like we have this war going on between the sexes. Man, it's, it's you know, and the, what, what inspired me to write Manhood was, of course, Daughters Inspired Sons, mm-hmm. you know, because initially I had that song on a mixtape, and the hook was like Nas's hook for my brothers with daughters. I call this, mm-hmm. you know, it was for my sisters with sons. I'm one, you know, mm-hmm. and then I just like, yo, this needs to be a song. So Moo Moo Fresh ended up, shout out to Moo Moo Fresh. But Mumu ended up singing on the song because she's a single mom and with a son. Mm-hmm. And we, um, you know, started just just putting a different energy around the song just from a mother's perspective, raising a son. Mm-hmm. And Manhood was written out of a conversation I held with some women, um, some sisters just hanging out, you know, talking. And they were just man, male bashing mm-hmm. black men about taking care of their kids or whatever. And they, I guess they were bitter. Um, and, you know, I was like, yo, I don't know any deadbeat men. Maybe I'm just a good judge of character as choosing my friends. Mm-hmm. But no man around me doesn't take care of their kids. Every guy in my band at the time was a father. And they were like fathers to my son as well as to their children. And so... The only deadbeat father I knew was my son's dad. That Mm. was it. But my son has had so much balance in his life because I have villagers. Mm. And so after hearing them bash men at the the rate they were going, I'm like, yo, y'all don't really know. So let me write this song for my brothers Mm -hmm. and let you know I'm in your corner and I'm rooting for you, bruh. They try to tell you down me. I'm here to build you up. I see you, man. Like that song, that song, like to me, man, like I really want to recreate that song again mm-hmm. because where I was when I created it, I'm not there right now. And then I shot that entire video myself. Like yeah. all those men in that video are people I know. Yeah. I had I couldn't even use all the men in the video. Out of all my friends, their fathers, they're not deadbeats. I and, couldn't and, have and, a deadbeat and, parent as a friend. And their husbands. And they're black men. Give thanks. This narrative is a false narrative. Man, do you know statistically black men are more responsible fathers than any, than other? any other culture? Yes. Yeah. And, yes. And, and raising their kids. Yep. But when I when I get online and I get on social, we keep pushing that, and we keep pushing. We push everything we shouldn't push right. on we, social we, media. We, we though do. right now, these clowns walking on these crates. Yeah, you know what I'm <laughs> right, saying? right. Like, but right. you know, it's like everything that comes across social media is like you know, like man, it's that's tailored to um, per- perspective. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like even for me, I can't follow anything. That's not enlightening for me. Yeah. Even people. I mean, I got homies that's super close to me that I just don't follow on social media. And they know why. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to see that. Yeah. I don't need that in my subconscious. It's people that are close to me 
Just because of things you do and how you move, I can't watch you move in order for me to continue to respect the relationship we have. Mm-hmm. It got to remain what we have. I can't see what you give to the world. I just need to have this between me and you. Right. And we can stay cool. Mm-hmm. We're not necessarily going to hang that much, but I don't know what you do with the world because with me and you together, you're not that. Right. So I know you fronting for the world. Exactly. And so I don't follow you on social media so we can remain friends. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So what they push out there on black men, I don't know that. Yeah. I don't follow I that. I had to unfollow yeah, I don't a follow bunch, that. A bunch of pages um, because of because of that. Yeah. Like, there's always a, a narrative being pushed. And it's like, again, because that that energy, it, it drives attention. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Right? People drama, are driven by drama. Drama. But that's that's actually why we're in the, the state that we're in. Yeah, because like reality shows. Like Ron's um, House was one of the best reality shows to me. I loved Ron's House. It, mm-hmm. saw, it showed a black family. Wealthy black family doing well, dad cool, hip hop mm-hmm. dad, mom cool, blended families that's working, mm-hmm. helping the kids support their their dreams, goals. It didn't last because it wasn't dr- enough drama. You know what I'm saying? But I don't know. As far as a parent thing, man, I couldn't be friends with somebody that's not a responsible parent. I just can't do it. There's mm-hmm. nothing a person... I don't attract those type of people for one. I've had people around me that I didn't even know really weren't super active in their kids' lives. And they come to me later like, man, you know, you helped me develop a relationship with my kid. I felt the importance of it just being around you from time, you know what I'm saying, and hearing Mm. you speak. I don't, there's not an excuse you can give me. Right. Why you don't mess with your kid, man? I don't understand a woman that can marry a man that don't mess with their kids. Now, unless he's lying to them as to why he doesn't, mm-hmm. I don't. How can you marry a man that don't mess with his own kids? Well, well, how like, they, yeah. How they, you marry a woman that <laughs> right. let her kids just go with the daddy, and she like, ah, he can handle it. Let's yeah. start. Let's try again. Like, I, I just don't understand that. Right. The importance of balance. That's that's what I feel like you bring. You're you're a balanced person. You're a congruent person, mm-hmm. and. I consider you to be a light worker. Mm. Do you consider yourself to be a light worker? Do you do you have an understanding of that? I do. And what does that mean to you? I do. It's funny because a friend of mine the other day, um, my my personal trainer was like, "Can you come in Friday? Can we miss skip Friday and blah blah? blah. Can you come later?" And I said, "No, nah, I actually have to work. I have to do this, that, and the third. He was like, "Baller." I was like, "Nah, worker, light worker," you know, because. I have my eye tatted, tatted on me, right? Balance. Mm. That balance. Those scales of justice came from the hieroglyphs, ma'at. Mm-hmm. Uh, the laws of ma'at is where the Ten Commandments came from. Yeah. The commandments of ma'at. Well, let me stop you one, so, one second because right. my dad okay. growing up, uh-huh. he's like, you know, the Ten Commandments came from... <laughs> The pyramid in Egypt. So there was a hundred of them Come on, on there, and they took ten of them. He's yeah, telling me yeah. this when I'm younger, because I I grew up with a dad who was like he's pro black. Mm-hmm. You know, no, he don't walk around daishikis and all these right, other right, stereotypical right. stuff. stuff. None right. of that stereotypical right. stuff. But right. he ain't played with the mind, right? And he wasn't gonna let my go. mind be tainted that all this stuff <laughs> right. came from white right. people. Give that's thanks. not that's not what was yeah. happening. So yeah, <laughs> go, yeah. Go for real, man. Your pops telling tell yeah, oh yeah, you meet Art. Yeah, for real. <laughs> He'll yeah. have a really good conversation for real, with you. man. And um, 
You know, the Ten Commandments is interesting to me because thou shall not kill is not the first commandment. Hmm. You know. Right. Um, anyway. But, um, you know, but, uh, yeah, that balance, man, is important for me mm-hmm. because I didn't always have it. I didn't always have the balance. Mm-hmm. My my Growing up, I saw a lot. You know, my father was a pimp. My father was arrested kingpin status last time he was arrested. Um, my mother was like a saint to me in a sense. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Very praying woman in church, choir director, took care of her mother. It was always somebody living with us, mm-hmm. one of her siblings. She was the youngest girl of seven sisters, and she had three brothers. It was 10 of them, you know. And so uh, my mom was always a nurturer and a giver. And so when I, you know, my dad on this side, I see seven-bedroom house and a full court and a basketball court and a pool and eight, nine uh, different people living in the house, five women sleeping with you, uh, cocaine and money on every table. And, you know, Mm. and then my mom is just, a two-bedroom house, three, four different people living in it at the same time. And mm. we always cook big family meals and play records on the weekend and clean the house. And it was full of love, man, mm. and full of light. Yeah. And it was just a totally different environment. Over here, it was no love. It was just money. Mm. Right? And over here, it was all love. And you didn't even know that nobody had no money. Right. It was cool with the cheese the hell couldn't melt mm. in that cardboard box. But we ate. Right. The sugar water milk made from powder in that big white box, but we drank. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Right. So it was different. So yeah. I, I, I always wanted to be able to provide that balance, to, especially youth. So one of the things I loved about Timbuktu, which further taught me about balance, because we knew that most of the children in our school came from a broken family, only being raised by their mother. We had a mama and a baba in every classroom. So if the teacher was a baba, the teacher's aide was a mama. Mm. If the teacher was a mama, the teacher's aide was a baba. So we made sure our students had a mama and a baba in every classroom, Mm. which was a blessing to those children. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so even now, I just think, you know, that even with music, it's the game is oversaturated. It's a very male-dominated career path. It's over, and because it's dominated by men, even the women that get involved get involved to appease the men. Mm. I work for my ancestors. That's who I work to impress so that I feel protected by them doing the work. And I see what's going on. I talk to kids all the time, and I ask them, what's your favorite song right now? And a lot of the practice, the way I taught kids to read was by typing out the lyrics to songs mm. that they knew by heart. Okay. And they could read the lyrics, the ebonics and all. We just typed it out exactly how it is. So then we would take those lyrics and nobody better use this because I'm patenting this to, <laughs> as a, 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 but we take those lyrics and if it's a finna, how would you really say that? Because that's not in the dictionary. Oh, about to. Okay, so we write it out, and then we put proper, the English, correct all the English in it, right? Mm-hmm. Then we read it back in a story, and it's not as appealing. Mm. So it's just teaching them. Yeah. You know? And then also teaching them to read. 
and to use proper diction because you're going to have to understand the king's English as well as Ebonics because that's also a coded language. So you Absolutely. need to know both Yeah, because you have to be able to exist in your own environment. You know, because there's people that can come in the hood and they have no idea what we're talking about. Right. If we could say one sentence and they'd be like, what? And that's and that's no different than if you live Man, in, fall in, through in, so in, we could chop it up. They would have yeah, not know yeah, as, what right. that means. Exactly. And for us, it's like, what do you mean what, you don't what, know what fall right, through so we right, can chop it up? Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> they have no idea what that means. But I, I, li- I lived in Miami for six years. My friend was from Haiti and Jamaica. Yeah. And they yeah. all. Yeah, man. We're no different. Yeah. We have yeah. our own language. We do, man. But you know, also um, how our language is spoken. That's that's one of the things as far as the balance in the music for me is to give you something else to listen to. Every little girl doesn't want to be Megan the Stallion or Cardi B. When I listen to your music, I'm gonna tell you, I, I put it on. You had a, a PBS special, mm-hmm. and I was listening to it. And it was live, and I just was like, I was light. Mm. I felt light. Yeah, yeah. And I felt, I felt like this is. This is our people. Mm-hmm. This is what I remember yeah. growing up. Yeah, yeah. You had you had the NWAs and stuff like that, but that was even later. Mm-hmm. I'm I was born in 1980, so that didn't come till later. It was mm-hmm. a, lot of, a lot of lighter stuff before that, but but our people felt lighter, and then it just it it, it lost the light. Man, so I, I appreciate you and walking in your light mm-hmm. and. Being on this journey with me, because mm-hmm. this is a we're on a similar path, yeah. And that's why when I went to saw saw your album Inside Out, I said yeah. I've been telling people, seek yep. the kingdom, yep. Seek the kingdom, yeah. because the kingdom is on the inside, Absolutely. and when you go to the inside, that balance is there, yeah. That presence is that there. foundation. You know, a kingdom is built on a solid foundation. Absolutely, it's hard to destroy a kingdom. So, in a castle, yep. It's not like a card house, you know? Right. You could just blow it over. Some people's foundation is like a card house. Mm. Um, and and for me, like, even, like, we go back to, I always talk about my lyrics as far as light. Like, in Shine, my song Shine, I say, you know, I love these days, the brighter ones. We got to be conscious of the darkness where it started from. Work extra hard. Keep faith in God. The star don't make the light. The light is what creates the star. So shine inside, Ashe, inside, Amin Raham Duala. Everybody won't make that flight. Everybody won't take this right. My flow impose souls of those that are in search of light. If you're searching for light, we're going to connect. Mm-hmm. My lyrics are just going to resonate with your search. Yep. That's where I write from. And that's where, that's where I develop from. That's where I, I can't operate out of a dark space. Yeah. I literally wrote Shine in a dark space for mm. myself. Like, this mm. is not, yo, I, that's why it starts off. I love these days, the brighter ones, but we got to be conscious of the darkness where it started from. This song started in a dark space. Today is better. Mm-hmm. So let's just, I love this day better than yesterday. And that's where Shine came from. That's how, why that first lyric is what it is. I love these days, the brighter ones, but we got to be conscious of the darkness where it started from and just keep working, work extra hard, keep faith in God. So that's just where I write from, man. I don't, I don't know how to write the other stuff no more. Leave us with the, with the hook on um, dreams. 
Dream on. Dream on. Mm, dream on, dreamer. That don't stop for them. You define your design. Don't copy them. You are one of a kind. You cannot be them. You'll mm. never be left out when it starts within. So dream on, dreamer. Ain't nobody perfect. Dream on. That's that. Yeah. <laughs> All right, everybody. Dream on. Yes, man. Dream on. Till next time. And dream on. I'll say dream on. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Don't stop for them. You define your design. Don't copy them. You are one of a kind. You cannot be them. You'll never be left out when it starts with them. So dream on, dreamer. Don't stop for them. You define your design. Don't copy them. You are one of a kind. You cannot be them. You'll never be left out when it starts with them. So dream on. Cause ain't nobody perfect. So dream on, dreamer. Mealtime inspiration. It's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week. You can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.